Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, are we ready to go? I guess we gotta be. Damn, it's kind of snuck up on us. It is a Friday edition, game week edition of Birds 365. We are that much closer to the Eagles getting back onto the football field against the Atlanta Falcons come Sunday. That will be the main topic of conversation for the next two hours here on Birds 365 with your truly Jody McDonald and my partner, John McMullen, the Mac and Mac guys. Are you ready for some football, Mr. McMullen? Yeah, ready last night. Exciting game down to the last minute, just like the NFL likes it. Uh, Tom Brady has the football, not really last, as we were saying before, trying to with two seconds and kind of got a feel. But, you know, I'm always thinking Eagle-centric when I'm watching these games, Jody. And the oh, first sure. thing I said to you pre, pre-game as we talked here before the show, can they win a game like that? I, I I don't think they can win a game like that. Up and down the field, like Super Bowl 52, it's – when you're playing a team with a great quarterback in this league, and by the way, I already got an egg on my face saying Tom Brady's going to get old. Uh, or here, that one's out the window pretty early. That prediction. One, one prediction, uh, one win. Um, so I, I'm saying, can you win a game like that? Uh, I don't think they can uh, as you go up and down the field. And I'm saying you can win games in this league a lot of different ways. No, You can win it running the football. You can win it defensively. But to win consistently at the highest level, you're going to run up against a team like you saw last night. Might be Kansas City. Might be Tampa Bay. Might be Dallas. With that, I think Dak Prescott just threw the football again. Um, how do you keep up? How do you keep up? I, I don't know. I don't know if they're capable at this point. That's what I, that's what came out of me from that game. And Jalen Hurts will get the chance to show if he can or can't do it. He just hasn't shown it yet. And we'll, well find and it's out not just Jalen Hurts, by the way. I mean, you, you need you need the quarterback, you need the weapons, you need the offense, you need the whole nine yards. And I just don't think they're in a position to win games like that right now. But we'll see. They'll, obviously, they'll have an opportunity. All right, I'll give you the optimistic spin. I'll put their offensive line up against either of the two offensive lines that were on the field last night. Well, I put the Eagles' offensive line when healthy up against anyone. I, I do think those were two really good offensive lines, though. Uh, I mean, Werfs is is great in, in Tampa Bay early in his career. Ryan Jensen is, you know, one of the reasons – the Eagles strapped and landed Dickerson is because they saw Ryan Jensen and, and they're thinking about life after Jason Kelsey. And they say, that's the kind of center we want. He's going to be physical and throw people around and just intimidate people. And then the Cowboys, Zach Martin, remember, wasn't even out there. But so when they have Zach Martin and Teron Smith, uh, he got caught for a holding penalty. Uh, you know, Lael Collins is back. I mean, when you talk about, I say the Eagles have a top five offensive line when they're healthy. In that top five is probably Dallas and Tampa Bay, to be honest. Right. So if they're there with them, 
it does come down to Dak. Uh, it does come down, excuse me, uh, Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to be able, and we're not asking him to be on the level of Tom Brady. That's ridiculous. He's, as you just pointed out, still going at age 44. It looks as good as he's ever looked at age 44, which is scary. The scarier thing for me is you thought there was a possibility that Dak Prescott could at least come back with a little bit of rust on him. He would at least come back and not be quite as mobile as he used to be. And Dak's not one of your running guys. I'll take, if you're just purely talking about mobility, I'll take Jalen Hurts over either one of the two quarterbacks who were on the field last night. It's the ability to sling it and spin it and throw it down the field and throw it with accuracy. We got no idea if he can get into the neighborhood. We know he's not going to be sitting right next to Tom Brady, but can he get into his neighborhood of the ability to put it where he needs to when he drops back the throat. We we don't know that. We now know it about Dak Prescott again. We should have known that he had it before. He misses an entire year, a damn ugly uh, injury that he suffered. Through the exact same number of passes in preseason that you and I threw, that would be zero, and he went out there and looked like he was uh, Dak playing in the middle of a season when he was playing his best football. That's not good from an Eagles standpoint because part of – as you're making your preseason predictions and thinking about what kind of season it could be in the division, you were at least hoping that Dak was going to have to grow back into the job, that there would be a little bit of a Dak drop-off from what he used to be. Oh, no, he looks as good as he's ever been, and that is a little scary. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, it was like it was almost reminiscent of the Cowboys last year before Dak got hurt, where, where we would throw for 400 yards and they'd still find a way to lose the football game. So I guess if you want some optimism from the standpoint of are the Dallas Cowboys going to be a good football team in the NFC East, they still have a lot of defensive problems. And that's that's evident when you can put up that kind of offense and you can't win a football game. That's what happened to them last early last season before yep. Dak got hurt um you know the one thing you're saying the off I agree with you on the offensive lines the Eagles can can compete with anybody there but man I those weapons those weapons and and it you know Mari Cooper CD Lamb and Michael Gallup got hurt in the game um you know and if CD Lamb actually caught the football consistently think what the numbers would be Think about the, you know, Dak's over, Dak's over 400 yards as it is with a ton of drops. And then on the other side, you got Brady and Gronk is Gronk. I think he had eight targets, eight receptions, two touchdowns. And Antonio Brown's going to be back? Is, is, if, if Antonio Brown's going to be Antonio Brown, you know, we might want to shut this thing down right now, Jody. Uh, he was unbelievable last night. And then you had Chris Godwin, who was sort of like their version of C.D. Lamb. Uh, the drops drive you insane, but he's always open. He's always available to make plays. I, I mean, look, there's potential with Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager and Quest Watkins. We, we talk about it all the time. But they ain't those guys uh, that you saw rolling out there for Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. Um you know, the Eagles do have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at tight end. Um, so, you know, they're going in the right direction. My concern is, though, uh, they're going to have a tough time in those types of games. Uh, but we're not talking about a Super Bowl contender. So, 
you know, as long as you improve, as long as you get better incrementally, as long as you start getting closer to that goal, well, you got to reach that goal in the modern NFL. You have to. Here's the scary thing. If uh, uh, I, I pretty much watched the entire thing. I was going back and forth between the uh, Phillies who found a way to lose a game down to the final strike and Ian Kennedy throws a no-bite curveball that a pinch hitter t- takes out of the park and they end up losing the game. Um, but I watched as much football as I did the baseball last night. I didn't walk away from that game going, damn, they dropped the football all over the place. There were some, but they, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm an easier grader. I don't ca- expect every wide receiver to catch every ball that hits his hands every single time. There were a couple drops. The big fumble late almost cost Tampa. I actually thought the Cowboys had a real big chance uh, if they had stewarded that drive a little bit better. And I do question the play calling a little bit on the Cowboys last possession. And I'm not talking about the two second possession that they got back after the kickoff. Um, No, when they could have got in, gotten a touchdown, uh, built it up to more than a field goal that Brady would have needed to come back down the field and play. Um, the, the the fumble that gave them the chance to do that by Godwin was just uh, too much effort. You gotta you gotta know yourself, and you gotta uh, at that stage of the game and that uh, spot on the field, you gotta take better care of the football. I, I thought the wide receivers were good. Gronk was great. Didn't drop a damn ball all night long. Uh, if if you're gonna grade that tough on the receivers, yeah, we could be in for a long year here with. Jalen Rager. And, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not great in tough on Gronk. Gronk caught everything. He had eight targets, eight receptions, like I said. Leonard Fournette, I mean, one of Tom Brady's interceptions was a perfect screen throw. It just went off his hands. I mean, uh, C.D. Lamb dropped at least two that he should have caught. Um, Chris Godwin uh, dropped one uh, besides uh, the the fumble. Um, yeah, I mean, those those guys are explosive, but yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown dropped one. It's it, you know, maybe that is um, the lack of preseason work. Maybe that gets sharper, but that's even scarier if those guys stop dropping the football because you look at well, the defense is up. You know, they do this, they do this occasionally. You know, the Cowboys had a couple turnovers. Well, yeah, one was handed to them by Leonard Fournette. I mean, it it still counts. But if you sharpen that stuff up, if you tighten that stuff up and that stuff goes away, I mean, Mike Evans is the best receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We didn't even talk about him because of Godwin and Brown and Gronkowski. I mean, it's oof, it's it's scary out there, Jody. And we'll see what uh, the Eagles' de- young defensive corner, first-time defense corner, uh, Mr. Gannon, could do because – and again, give credit to both teams' offensive lines. I'm with you. I think the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football. Two of the other best offensive lines in football were on the field last night. Uh, Tampa and Dallas would both rate and rank that high. Not as much, near as much pass rush could have been generated as I thought last night because neither team even feigned running the football. Talk about run-pass ratio. The Cowboys and Tampa combined to throw what 108 times. There was yeah, less yeah, than there was no yeah less there than 40 no. rush attempts in the game. Come on, pin your ears back, get there. If you know the other team is throwing it basically every time they call a play, you got to be able to put more pressure on the quarterback than they did last night. Yeah, I mean, 
look, I you know, the old school, and I think the Eagles will have a good running attack, but not in a traditional sense, because I think a lot of it will be RPO related to the quarterback. Um, and that stuff's all good. It's great to run the football, but look, people got to get over that, man. They got to get to the, the fact is now it's, it's turned on its ear. It's done a 180. You pass the football to get a lead so you can run the football. Back in the old days, you used to run the football to control the line of scrimmage and try to get a lead and go about it and manage the game and things like that. You just can't do that against these quarterbacks because one mistake, the biggest problem with that philosophy is there's such a, a small window. I just looked it up because I get the buck stuff. They had six drop passes in that game. Six drop passes in that game. I don't have the Cowboys. The Cowboys might have, were right there with that number. Imagine if they didn't have those six drop passes. Um, you can lead, and, and it was really the Rams, the greatest show on turf Rams, I think, were really the first team. And Mike Morris, I remember, he didn't care. If they turned it over early and they were down seven, they weren't taking the foot off the gas, man. They were just going at you and just constant and constant and constant until you just crumbled under it. Um, that's where the NFL is now with the great teams, with the really, really good teams and the Kansas Cities and, and the Tampa Bays obviously being first on that list, but even the Green Bays, the Buffaloes, they're so explosive offensively. It's it's just that's that's how you that's how you have to go, um, unless you find the '85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, the Buccaneers, the Tony Dungy Buccaneers. You got to be perfect defensively, and I don't know a lot of teams that can be perfect defensively. I don't know that there is a defense like that in the National Football League this year. Um, watching the game, as I said, going back and forth between the Phillies and the football game, I, I thought I had a pretty damn good grasp on it. Maybe I missed one or two, two or three. Could they throw enough flags during the game? <laughs> 19 penalties. Now, that's accepted penalties. I can remember at least two off my the top of my head where they turned down the penalties, declined the penalties, so it could have – there were 20 some odd flags thrown last night and I wanted to complain about I'm watching. Oh, not another friggin' flag. And I, then they would show you the replay. They were all legit. There weren't that many calls that I thought, Oh my God, they're calling that really. They're calling it that tight. No, I thought they were actually making good calls, but both teams were willing to do what they had to do to try and make a play and get caught. It does. It just slows down the watching of the game uh, I guess if you're Tampa, then you've got no complaints because you walked away with a win. But if you're Dallas afterwards in the coaching meeting today with the players, penalties hurt them and you didn't win the game. Oh, yeah, you got to clean that stuff up because it made it as great a game as it was. And if you love offense, you had to love this game with the quarterbacks throwing as often as they did. It was a tough watch because, once again, the NFL, every single play, Al Michaels should get paid extra every single time he has to say, Oh, but there's a flag on the play. They should get an extra hundred grand uh, for doing it as many times as he does. Ridiculous the way the NFL legislates itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I've literally been writing about that for two decades. Literally used correctly. I mean, this league is so over-legislated. But I got to be honest, I'm with you, Jody. I didn't think it was a poorly officiated game. No. Obviously, the problem with the NFL is this. It comes down, it always comes down to one big play. And every, let, yet, let, uh, Last night it was Antonio Brown 
um, on a back shoulder. A lot of people thought he pushed off, uh, should have been offensive. But I, I, to, to, to the naked eye while I was watching, I said that's offensive pass interference. That should have been called. It wasn't called. You know, people are jumping on. Obviously, if they're Cowboy fans, they hate it. They're Buccaneers fans. They're making excuses. Oh, he was off balance, uh, blah, blah, blah. Those are really difficult calls. I can't. I'm, I'm not. I just. I really despise when fans concentrate on officiating. Um, one, it's really difficult to do. Two, they make it so hard on those four guys because of the over-legislation. And to that latter point, I have no idea. I, I've talked to you. We talked about that uh, pre-show, too. I've talked to people in the league office. I, I said, do you realize how over-legislated this game is? Nobody does. There are, I always get, what are you talking about? I've talked to Runyon about this. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? And I, I always spin it to him like this. I say, you're trying to expand this game. This is a uniquely American game. They're trying to open up markets, obviously, in Europe. Everybody wants to be in China because of that economy. They're trying to open up this game. And remember, nobody around the world is in, indoctrinated to football. We grow up with it here. So it makes sense to us. Now, if, if you can imagine, it's hard to do, Jody, but if you can imagine growing up in a different country, you wouldn't know what the hell's going on in an NFL game. You wouldn't know because you didn't grow up with it. It's so complicated. you, you got to explain these rules. I'm saying you're trying to open up new markets and making this game as difficult to understand as humanly possible. I joked about Darius Slay early this week. You know, people jumped the gun and said, oh, he said Rodney McLeod uh, isn't playing this week, which is not necessarily the case. He just didn't understand the rules, and he plays the game. We, you know, the most famous example would be Donovan McNabb, and people laugh at him about ties. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't understand. There's so many players who don't understand the rules of the game. Nobody can understand the rules of the game. I've gone back and forth with Terry McCauley, who who didn't wasn't sure about a particular rule they changed. It's absurd how over-legislated this game was. But while I say that, I did not think last night was poorly officiated. I really don't. No, and NBC did a nice job of uh, giving you the camera replay that you needed to be able to make your own call while sitting on your couch at home and watching it. Uh, a couple of, as you're watching Naked Eye, no, what is that? Oh, are they throwing a flag again? And then they show you the replay and go, oh, yeah, that was a hold. Oh, yeah, he pulled them down with yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, the quarterback was going to get killed if he didn't hold on that play. Yeah, and you did see it and you said, Damn, those referees made it at full speed. Full speed didn't look that way to me, but you see the slower motion instant replay, and you, oh, damn, they got that right. So um, I will uh, disagree with you a little bit on selling it to uh, other countries. They're learning right along. We have an issue when I say we. I'm talking about you and me, uh, two 50-year-old white guys who've been watching the NFL for uh, four decades plus. We've watched the change. We've watched it go to this overlaid, over legislated game. If you're jumping on for the first time, you just think this is the way it's always been played. You don't well, know yeah, that. That it part of it, I, I agree with that part, what you're saying. Yeah, they're used to it. That's all they've ever known. Right. Um, but that that's not my point is okay, they're used to it. That's that's fine, but 
it's still so complicated for them. They're used to soccer, which they call football, obviously, uh, which is a really simple game when it comes to uh, basketball. Really simple game. Really easy to pick up. Even hockey, something of that nature. Football isn't like that. It's not like that. Now, I'm not saying there's not intricacies to all those games. There are. I, I still, you know, I still can't figure out offsides in soccer. I there are certain things that 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 are 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 a little bit, but the game as a whole, it's easy to uh, explain to new viewers. I don't think football is. I don't think it ever has been. I got you know, but I got in an argument once with a big soccer fan, and I never thought about it this way. You know, people in America often complain about soccer and say. It's not exciting. It's it's there's there's no scoring. And obviously we like scoring. You see last night. And he said, Well, you have a three two game. You say there's no scoring. What what is you know, football, it's six points if you score. So what if they made it six points? So all of a sudden three two is eighteen to twelve and it looks like more offense. It it, it was I never thought about it that way before. But we're again, we're indoctrinated to okay, that's seven points, that's three points, uh, blah blah blah, and we move on. I just think from the understanding, from teaching people the game from square one and going through it with Jordan Mailata, um, literally going through it with them, it's so complicated. They they don't understand it. It, it it's it's and nobody in Park Avenue it has their thumb on that. I'm not a big enough soccer fan to make a definitive statement here, but I'm going to try anyway. That three, two argument would be if it were given six points per seven points per, uh, per goal, all of a sudden it'd be 21, 14 instead of uh, three to two. Very few soccer games are three to two. They're much more nil, nil, one, nil, two, one. They, they don't get the three, two that often. That's... No, you're right, but they occasionally, Man City, you know, they, they just won a couple games in a row, five nothing. So you all of a sudden you start looking at okay, five nuts, thirty-five to nothing. Wow, they're they're good, they're good, you know. I'm just saying it's how you frame it. You're right. I mean, if you don't like that, I, I agree with you. There's way too much uh standing around. It's not for me. I'm I'm on your camp there, but I I do think the point that he made to me about well, you're just used to them calling that six points instead of one point, which I think is a valid thing to bring up, and I never then, thought about it before. If if soccer wants to have more scoring, then they should do that immediately. I'm telling you, it's not going to change the perception much at all. All right, he's Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac. Mac and Mac, Birds 365 guys. Uh, we will get our number one guest. He has made more appearances than anyone else on Birds 365 for the five-plus months we've been doing this. Our boy Ed Kratz is going to join us before the Eagles and the Falcons. We come back, we'll turn our attention here. We've been talking more about the Cowboys and the Bucks to get today's start. Eagles made a roster move yesterday, practice squad roster move, so it's not going to have any immediate impact on this team. They did have practice. Once again, Brandon Brooks limited. we got a bunch of things we need to sink our teeth into prior to game number one, Eagles and Falcons. We'll continue the conversation here on Birds 365. 
Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Countdown to the opener in three days. We're getting close, folks. Eagles football comes back on Sunday. They got on a hot lander to take on the Falcons to get the season underway. We're previewing it here on Birds 365 because it's the last show we'll do prior to Eagle season getting underway. Uh, you doing about four or five uh, Birds, uh, not Birds 365, Jacob Media shows between now and kickoff. Uh, John, how, how many you got locked uh, between? I got the- one at least this afternoon. Uh, I, I'm traveling tomorrow, so I'm kind of incognito. Yeah, and then I'll have about 57, I think. 
Um, and uh, so my apologies. I didn't even know until yesterday that you were traveling. Good to see. Uh, you talked to your fellow Eagle uh, beat guys. Percentage of those who are traveling and going with the team. Uh, I was a little surprised. I'm glad to see that uh, that is the case. And you're going to be there and be able to uh, share with the folks kind of a feeling of not <laughs> what only happens on the field, but what it's like in the stadium and emotion and everything else. Um, how many guys are heading down that you know of? Um, most of the, the regulars are heading down. Uh, all the uh, um, people you would think, they're all going down. So it is uh, a little bit better. Uh, very little travel last year um, for anybody, for obvious reasons, because there was really – no reason to justify it because everything was Zoom uh, in virtual anyway. So this year's a little bit different in the fact right now, and who knows what can happen, by the way, as we continue to go down this road, they've already upped COVID testing from twice a week to once a week. If we go back to daily testing, who knows um, how things can move. But for right now, if you want to talk to the coach and the key players of the game, you got to be there. So um there's more reason to be there. Um, are they still going to do uh, Zoom access for those who uh, choose not to go or don't have permission to go? That uh, everything's going to be available video-wise. Are you going to be able to get individual one-on-one -on -one stuff after the game? Yeah, I mean, you have to be there to ask questions. So, obviously, it'll be on video, uh, say, Nick Sirianni's uh, press conference. But the, in the old Zoom world, you would just raise your hand and um, – if your turn came up, your turn came up. If if you want to talk to the, the head coach or the players, you're going to have to be in the stadium to do that oh, this time. Okay, so they're not going to take any question via Zoom? No, no, not okay. not virtually, no. Then, yes, I do see the, the reason why you guys are definitely going to be down there. All right, uh, <laughs> uh, practice yesterday again. You guys get your limited view, and you can see what you can see for the short time that you're there. Brandon Brooks still limited. Um, anything of importance come out of practice uh, that you saw that you think can be of note going to Sunday against Falcons? No, I, I mean, I think the key, the injury report, as it should be in week one, especially after the Eagles handled the way they handled the preseason, is very light to begin with. So you're really talking about two players uh, and Brandon Brooks. And the only reason you're talking about Brandon Brooks is because he showed up and people didn't know he was injured. And he's really not injured. They're trying to manage him as an older player to get to the game as as healthy as possible, which, you know, I think raises a few red flags, to be honest. But nonetheless, they expect him to play. So that's not an issue. Um, Rodney McLeod is is the one notable, and we talked about Darius Slay, um, kind of people thought he let the cat out of the bag. He really didn't. He just didn't understand the pup rules. Um, so Rodney's still in that legitimate, questionable category and we'll probably get a better indication today's after practice. They have to put out the final injury reports. Um, and if he's ruled out, obviously we know if he's questionable, it's going to probably be a game time decision. And then guys like Davion Taylor, they're just Landon Dickerson. They're just in that ramp up period. I wouldn't expect them to play. Didn't expect them to play. If they do play, it would be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I'm with you on on Taylor. 
Um, when will you guys know? When will anybody know? The Eagles will know because uh, they're the ones who are making the decision. But um, when are we going to, as an Eagle fan base, have a better clue, maybe a better read on when Landon Dickerson is actually going to be activated? Now, it can be activated, and then we like the Eagles' offensive line. There's not really a place for him to jump in unless somebody gets hurt at this stage. Uh, when do you think we'll have a better clue as to when he actually will be active for one of the Eagle games? Well, I, I mean, you can see him ramping up in practice, so it is getting a lot closer. He's got his helmet on. He's he's in drills. He's he's getting much closer than he was in the past. Um, you know, we'll see pretty clearly uh, pregame. Uh, number one, is he dressed? Uh, that's a good sign. Uh so you get to see with the pregame warmups, anytime you have a questionable, and this is probably more notable for Rodney, um, if, if they try to take that up to game time, you'll see pretty quickly as he running with the first team when they do their uh, preseason uh, pregame kind of stuff. Um, but with Landon, yeah, I mean, are the Eagles going to be honest about it or not? You know how Nick Sirianni can uh, – thinks about competitive advantage I, I you know he's a backup offensive lineman I think people have to realize it I think it only becomes an issue if there is a game where Brandon Brooks can't play or Jason Kelsey can't play or Isaac Samalo can't play then it really gets under the microscope until then I think they're going to be pretty um, pretty patient with Landon Dickerson because um you know, I say it all the time. It's a nine-month injury to begin with, so you're you're pushing it uh, from a calendar standpoint. But it's also a six foot six, three hundred thirty-pound guy, and I think you've seen with Brandon Brooks. You know, he's made these amazing recoveries as far as how fast he's been able to do it from Achilles tears. But he's also six five and three thirty, three forty, and the second time he actually lost a lot of weight to rehab before putting it back on uh, because it's just more difficult to do that as a, as a bigger guy. Um, I, I, you know, from a personal standpoint, I think they should be very, very cautious with Landon Dickerson because your guys are healthy. He's not going to play anyway. So uh, I, I think you have a, a luxury. He was a luxury pick. Use that luxury. Landon Dickerson's about 2022 to me. Right, but let's say, uh, do you expect Landon to be activated for the game? There's a bunch of different steps we got to go through here. There's um, whether he's going to actually start, not happening if they're completely healthy, whether he's going to be active and be the backup. Because as of right now, on the Eagles roster, it's not like they're 10 deep on the offensive line for well, potentially. They're pretty deep. They're pretty deep. I mean, you have. Nate Herbig is is going to be the top interior backup. Remember how you put together your game day roster. You essentially have an interior backup and a swing tackle. That's how you traditionally do it. And now the NFL's expanded the roster to you get an extra offensive lineman because there were too many times you would have to see a tight end line up a tackle if you had a couple injuries, and they didn't want that anymore. So. You, you do. I mean, everybody's only going to carry eight on 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 a game day. You have the interior backup, and right now that's going to be Nate Herbig, who who proved himself last year. Although the Eagles would like Landon Dickerson to be that guy eventually, um, and at 
you know, the tackles are, are probably going to be Brett Toth and Andre Dillard. Those are the guys I would think. All right. So let, let me, active. let me ask you a question. Uh, and I know I'm going to tick off Eagle fans here. I, I'm sorry. It's a legitimate question. It's going to give an op, a pessimistic spin to things, but sorry, I need the answer to this question. And it's not outrageous. Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks both have to come out of the game on Sunday. Maybe not for the entire game, but for a period of time. Who's subbing in? Well, in that case, which would be a disaster, it would be Herbig at uh, right guard and uh, Toth at right tackle, which is good. Um, Again, not good from a standpoint. I'm saying good compared to other teams. In other words, if if other teams lost their two best offensive linemen, then you could argue that, you know, Jason Kelsey should be in that conversation. That's how good the Eagles' offensive line is to begin with. But if other teams lost those two, you don't have – Nate Herbig played really well last season. Uh, and and Brett Toth, I think, is in the conversation uh, – more unproven, but in the conversation to be the most improved player over the summer. I, I thought he was great over the summer. That's why he made this football team. So – Look, it wouldn't be good. No, anytime you you saw anytime you lose players like that, it's not good. But they're more capable of handling it than most teams. And I would say, conservatively, without looking at them, at least thirty, at least thirty teams. Fair enough. Um, if those are the two guys that are going into the game, and you said you think the Eagles are only going to activate eight offensive linemen, who's going to be the eighth? Is it going to be Landon Dickinson or is it going to be Dillard. The one Andre Dillard? Dillard purely to be the left tackle uh, deep uh, backup. Well, remember you have it. It's almost like now they changed this rule a couple of years ago. It's almost like now you have uh, an extra guy uh, because they 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 didn't they wanted to avoid those situations where you had to play tight ends out of position, which happened a number of times around the league. Um. And if two two offensive linemen, you know, you go back five years, you don't have to go back very far. Teams would carry seven offensive linemen. So you'd have the five starters, you'd have the interior backup and the swing tackle, and you could see how things could go pretty wonky pretty quickly. Um, so you have that extra sort of flyer so you can afford. Um, if it were the old days, it would probably be Herbig and, and Toth, and then it would be, sort of egg on Howie Roseman's face because you got to deactivate the former first-round pick because he can't play right tackle. Yeah, you know, that's that's the reason. Andre's Andre's probably a better player than Brett Toth, um, but Brett can play both sides and Andre can't. Agreed. So uh, then week after week after that, when they're uh, shooting up eight offensive linemen, if uh, Toth and uh, Herbeck are going to be the two guys that are pretty much given every single Well, no, week. when Landon's ready to go, I mean, Nate's uh, SOL, as they say. You I think mean, when so? Landon, yeah, when Landon's ready to go, he's he's just, he's so much more talented. And and the Eagles have said they don't expect this to be a redshirt year for him. So he's going to be active at some point. He's going to be the, the backup interior player. Um and he's going to be one snap away, and that's what they want because you know they they think he's going to be a really good player, and they're probably right, barring injury, which is the big issue with him. 
Fair enough. All right. Uh, I did want to uh, get run this by you. And when we get up here, uh, Ed up here next hour, I want to get his take on it as well. The Eagles released their hype video yesterday. And uh, virtually has been in town for a long time and been uh, watching and judging the Eagles hype video for years. And uh, I, I am kind of like the Grinch when it comes to this stuff. Because I think when you've seen one hype video, You've basically seen them all interchange different highlight plays. Yeah, I think I'm more of a Grinch than you on this. I didn't even know. I I, I couldn't even tell you the previous hype videos. I, I Oh, I can. And somebody, if you do a talk show here in this town, uh, you know that you're going to get a call about it. You know somebody's going to love it. Uh, they, they want you to play it uh, on the radio, which doesn't really work. Uh, but uh, I, I, I have in years gone by said, oh, okay, another hype video for the Eagles. I got to tell you, Johnny Mac, I loved this year's hype video because it isn't your standard hype video. It's conceptually something completely different. It's just about the community and the the, the catchphrase of the Philadelphia Eagles, Go Birds, and some pretty good production went into it. Some smart people put this thing together. Uh, is it the kind of thing that you want to put on at 12.55 before kickoff on Sunday? No. That's what usually you get for your high video. You want to have it in your DVR, be able to hit it, and then turn on the game and go. Because it's all about emotion and screaming and yelling and pumping your fists in the air and uh, actually hitting, uh, doing a chest bump with somebody in your living room if you get ready for the game. That's what it's been forever. This isn't that, and I just thought it was so cold, uh, tremendous. And now uh, I gotta watch this thing. I saw a part of it, but I didn't. I I I do like because I know Lane's in it, uh, Brandon's in it, Brandon Brandon Brooks, Brandon Graham. I saw them. I like all those guys personally, so I thought they did uh, a real good job. Um, I I didn't see the whole thing. Oh, you got to see the whole thing. You got to watch it. Yeah. It is. It's really, really, really well done. And yes, for a Grinch guy who usually doesn't uh, put much into the Eagles hype video, because come on, it's the same thing every single year. That's why they call it a hype video, because it's supposed to get you hyped up for the game. This was kind of for a thinking man's Eagle fan. And I tip my cap to the production team with the Philadelphia. Well, they do a great job uh, with production nowadays. Um, You know, we talked about Hard Knocks a couple uh, weeks ago with the drone shot. That was amazing. And I don't know if you saw the Miami Dolphins. They did one right after that on their own, um, which was amazing. Um, So, yeah, they've been uh, a lot of teams around this league do a great job with that kind of stuff. Uh, doesn't surprise me the Eagles did a great job. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the hype video. If you like it, you like it. Bless you. I mean, like what you like. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I don't care. I'm, that's me. I'm the Grinch guy. Been there, done that. And I'm usually that guy. But I give him the nod. This one was – it was different and it was cool and it was well done. Uh, but one point, it opens up. And and if you get a chance, we're going to take a break here in about 10 minutes. Um, see if you can sneak it in. It's a solid, I think it's about three minutes. Um, it starts with Jason Kelsey, uh, and I don't want to ruin it for you or anybody uh, else. I did see the Kelsey part as well. Yeah, okay. Jason. Uh, with Jason, uh, in his robe, which is phenomenal. 
uh, but it was shot previously. If it was shot yesterday, might have been a bit of a different look. And part of the video is about uh, Zach Ertz saying, go birds. I thought you said go blonde, which was very cool. Um, Jason Kelsey going blonde too? What's the deal there? Yeah, How Lane, many eagles are going blonde? Lane Johnson uh, brought that up yesterday. He said we're going to get a surprise hairdo-wise, but he wasn't going to talk about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, he called it Zoolander-like. So, we'll, we'll... <laughs> hey, man, they're having some fun. I, I think, you know, I'll tell you, man, Zach Ertz is what an amazing turnaround. I, I mean – it, it, that guy is just I I talk about him pre-practice with Nick Sirianni they always have a, a pre-practice meeting if you see right. my social media I try to get a picture of it every day um, it, he's stretching next to Jalen Hurts I mean he is he is he is a he is doing everything right I will say that for Zach Hurts well and uh, I I I I'm not going to give Howie Roseman any credit because we Nobody certainly gives believe Howie credit. Well, no, I'll give Howie credit when he deserves it, but I don't give it to him just for uh, credit's sake. If he earns it, I'll give it to him. But uh, I, he's I'm not the reason Howie... he's here. But I, I don't think he deserves credit for it either. I no, don't think. They, it's no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you. He's not the reason he's here. The NFL undervalued at Zach Ertz. The rest of the league is the reason Zach Ertz is here because I believe Howie Roseman tried to trade him to all 31 oh, uh, other yeah, teams tried. and yeah. they weren't willing to part with what I believe was a yeah. reasonable asking price. I think this guy's going out and he's going to be a top five guy, guy in the league in uh, receptions, in yards, in touchdowns. And that's not worth the third round pick. If you can assure yourself you're getting a tight end that's going to finish in the top five and receptions yards. I've and been saying it. I've been saying it for years, Jody. Teams in this league overvalue draft picks to a ludicrous degree. I mean, if you look, all you got to do is look back at third round picks and say, what are the odds that you're going to get a player like Zach Ertz? Okay, it's going to be a short shelf life. Guess what? Football is a short shelf life. I mean, everybody's working on a two-year system and everything turns around. Every contract in this league, no matter the numbers you see, is almost 98% of them are two-year deals where you can get out of it for the third year. Everything is on a rotating two-year basis. Don't talk to me about third-round picks when you can get a veteran player that can help you win, especially when you're a contender. Now, all right, if you're a bad football team, if you're rebuilding, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But I agree with you. My only point is, um, you know, if Howie just wanted to – and you're right. That's why I said it's neither. He's not – Howie wasn't going to dump him for nothing, um, and he held his ground. So that's my only point. Uh, but you're right. The, he And that's what Zach said at his press conference. In the end, Howie Roseman and the Eagles valued – him more than everybody else. He Ooh, even said that himself. True. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely on point. So uh, while I'll give Howie partial credit, he, the credit goes to the rest of the National Football League, who I think undervalued. Yeah. Now, it's Zach Ertz goes out it's and catches dumb. 35 balls for 497 yards and catches two touchdowns. Guess what? The rest of the league is going to be proved right, and Jody McDonald and Howie Roseman are going to be proved wrong. 
And John McFarlane, because I'm in that. He's going to have a big season. Yeah, if he goes out and catches 65 to 70 balls and he catches seven touchdowns and he goes for 700 and change yards while sharing the position with uh, his fellow tight end, uh, Mr. Goddard. Yes, I think the Eagles are going to play play a lot of 12. I Got to have do. that third-round pick, Jody. Got to have that third-round pick. Got to have it. Can't give up a third-round pick. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm amazed at this league when it comes to draft picks. You know, other than the top 10, let's be honest. You can, you can go back. Just go back to last year's draft. Just look at it. Never mind two, three years. Just go down the first, second, third rounds and see how they overvalue these draft picks when you're talking about proven veteran players. And, oh, I can't give up a third-round pick for a proven player. It's insanity to me. One of the guys who used to laugh at that, and again, we'll show, I'll show my age here. Uh, you might not remember it as clearly as I do. That's one of the reasons I love George Allen, the old coach of the Washington Redskins. He would trade all of his draft picks oh, yeah. basically every single year for veteran guys that could help him win that year. He didn't care. He just, yeah. all right, we'll trade for this guy, we'll trade for that guy, and then you come draft guy, and the Washington Redskins have two choices. Every year that George Young was, uh, George, uh, damn, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the ex red George coach. Allen. Allen, excuse me. Sorry, brain fart. Um, he would just uh, decimate his draft and go, yeah, but I got better players right now. You want me to win this year? I can win this year, but I need to get the best players I have. Uh, not wait and develop. No, 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 no. I, uh, my job is to win this year. Next year, we'll figure it out next year. But we'll go year by year and give me the best talent every single year. Yeah, the Rams are the team less need in the Rams. I mean, he gives up a, a, the Seahawks as well. The Seahawks always almost always trade out of the first round. Uh, so I would say those are the two teams. And by the way, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's Ricky Bobby rules win a championship or it's not successful. But uh, the Rams have been a pretty good team since Les need has taken that uh, tact. And the Seahawks have been good for a very long time now. And people, well, they only got one Super Bowl. Oh, really? They only got one? One is pretty good. Yeah, one's pretty good. It's a hard thing to get your hands yeah. on. And when you get it, you take credit for it. Yeah. All right. He is John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys. I'm Birds 365. Uh, continuing to talk about the upcoming game. We really haven't gotten our sunk our teeth into the Falcons just yet. How do you go about figuring out the Falcons? Oof, do you watch... The old Falcon tape. Do you watch the couple of preseason games? If I think you year- got to watch old Dean Pease tape and uh, Arthur Smith in Tennessee. Yeah. But even Arthur Smith in Tennessee, I mean, he doesn't have Derrick Henry, so he can't run Tennessee's offense. That's silly. I don't know. You know, Nick Sirianni's talked about that all summer. How he has an advantage. Well, you don't have an advantage in Week One because you don't know what the hell Arthur Smith is rolling out there. Because Mike Davis ain't ain't Derrick Henry, no, I can tell you that. Not not even close. So the uh, Eagles, at least on the defensive side, I think have their uh, work cut out for them. Offensive side too, because you're right. It was Peace going to throw at you? Uh, I think Arthur Smith is even harder to figure out. Uh, we will talk about that with our buddy Ed Kurtz. Uh, Mr. Kurtz is going to join us next hour. We still got a lot yet to do. Stay with us right here on Birds 365. 
Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Get your Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birch 365 as we count down to the start of the regular season against the Falcons coming up on Sunday. J-Mac, at some point, we're going to have to make an official pick on the game. Uh, we can hold it till a little bit later. We can do it uh, at the end of the show. Oh, the picks. The pick section. Yeah, we are going to have to make a pick on the, the Eagles game. But we'll save a little bit. Um, but if you weren't watching at the top of the show, we did start talking about last night's Cowboys-Tampa Bay game, which was if you like offensive football and throwing it all around a lot, you got what you asked for last night, 108 attempts between Dak Prescott and Tom Brady, and it came down to a uh, last-second drive by Tampa and a made field goal 
for the Bucks to pull out a win when they almost handed the game away. Late fumble, when I say late, three and change to go, and Dallas did drive it down, got the field goal to take the lead, but then gave it back up again to Tampa in the very last minute of play. If you're watching it from an Eagles uh, fan perspective, it's kind of good news, bad news. And I'll tell you that the bad news outweighs the good news. Good news is Cowboys lost, and they could have won. If they start the season with a road win against the defending champion uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're planning on uh, being competitive and trying to win the NFC East this year, that would have put a little bit of a crimp in your uh, get-along. They didn't, though. They ended up losing the game. However, Dak Prescott looked pretty damn good. Uh, No rust, no physical issues, uh, threw the ball effectively down the field, long, short, to multiple receivers all over the place, uh, rolled out an entire playbook in week number one with all the plays that they ran. And, yeah, all of a sudden, oops, part of uh, your preseason beliefs and predictions are dedicated and predicated on what the other teams that you're going to be playing, certainly twice in one year, like your division opponents. Cowboys offense is pretty scary, Johnny Mike. Yeah, it is. It is. And then I've been saying that for a while. I mean, with that offensive line, those receivers, uh, that running back, you didn't even get going, by the way, the running game. Um, look, you had to hope it was similar to early last season when I when I said the Cowboys would run up these astronomical offensive numbers, find a way to lose the football game because the defense stinks. And I said, all the defense needs to do is be competent. They don't need to be top five. They don't need to be top 10. They just need to be 16, right in the middle of the league somewhere, and they can win a lot of football games. Good news is they didn't look good last night. Again, even though they made the move to Dan Quinn uh, and they shipped to defensive coordinators, Michael Parsons, you saw him very active, but you know didn't have a real big impact, a lot of plays down the field. Um Still doesn't look good defensively for Dallas. So that's a positive. Uh, Can they get a little bit better? You know, part of that is you're also playing a tremendously explosive offense. So that plays into it as well. Uh, But if you want to take the optimistic tint as an Eagles fan, the defense still doesn't look up to par. So I guess that's what you want to hang your hat on. Right. Uh, Do you want to at least attempt to convince yourself that the Jalen Hurts-led Eagle offense is going to be able to look similar to the Tom Brady-led Buccaneer offense. That's that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> we don't know what Jalen's going to be able to do this year. I like the kid, and I'm uh, falling on the optimistic side of things, that he's going to be good enough, that he's going to be uh, put himself in a position to be the Eagle quarterback going forward to 20 and 20, 2022 and the years beyond. That that is that's a little eagle optimism. That's not based on anything that we've seen either in his collegiate career at Alabama or at Oklahoma or his first year with the Eagles. He's a he's a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. To win in the National Football League, you kind of need a great quarterback, and we don't know that Jalen Hurts can be great yet. No, we don't. And uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts because he is such a nice kid. But uh, I I I'm not even getting the Jalen Hurts. I think yeah, I, I get why people are ho- hyper focused on him. Um, 
and that's life in the big city as an NFL starting quarterback. But I can't get past the skill position players. I'm, I'm in awe of the skill position players I saw last night. The Eagles don't have that. They have the potential uh, to have one in Devontae Smith, and I'm taking the tight ends out of this conversation because the Eagles are really good at tight end. Yeah, but um, we did talk about Gronk, so you got to keep the tight ends in at least in No, part. Well, I'm saying the Eagles have really good tight ends. I'm not concerned about the tight ends. That's that's why I'm leaving them aside. But, you know, when I see, again, Cooper and Lamb and Gallup, and on the other side you have Evans, who didn't even play well, and Godwin – and, and and Antonio Brown, which I I just kind of wrote Antonio Brown off. I said, oh, that's a Tom Brady thing. They're making, you know, Tom wants to do his uh, magnanimous gesture, get Antonio back involved, get him in the mix. And all of a sudden, Antonio Brown looks like Antonio Brown of, of the Steelers. And I'm like, oh, my God, if he's going to be that good, uh, good luck. Good luck with Tampa Bay. And, oh, by the way, uh, and this is just me, uh, I think Cedric Wilson, who is the Man, Cowboys. Don't even bring up Cedric Wilson. Right. He's their fourth wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, if he were on the Philadelphia Eagles, he'd be their second wide receiver. And he'd be behind Devonta Smith, who we're putting a, a, a cap on as to how much he can do when he's never caught a ball in the National Football League yet. It's all projection. Now, I feel confident about the projection that the kid's going to be a stud, but uh, yeah, they, they've got depth at the wide receiver position. The Eagles have question marks at the wide receiver position, and some of those will at least get an opening foray answer on Sunday. Uh, you and I have kind of debated this all summer long, John. Twelve uh, setups as compared to uh, with three and or four wide receiver sets. How much do you think they're going to use dueling tight ends here in week number one? Well, they were at 37% last year. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Um, and remember last year probably was a little bit lower than it would have been because of all the injuries, not only Zach's injury, but also people forget Dallas Goddard missed, Goddard missed uh, games. Yeah, oh yeah. He missed games. So I, I, 
I think they would have been in the 40, 40, you know, low 40 range if, if everything, uh, if those guys were healthy for a complete season. Um, unless, unless Jalen Rager's a heck of a lot better than I've seen, I got to be right near that range again. I can't take those guys off the field in key situations, but that's just me. Um, I know Nick Sirianni wants to play more 11 personnel. He has verbalized it on numerous occasions. Uh, so he wants to do it. And I think Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins are going to get every opportunity to prove that they should be on the field for not only uh, a significant amount of time, but in those high leverage spots where they want speed, more speed on the field. So they will be given every opportunity. But I also think Nick Sirianni has shown, all right, he might try it, but if it's not working, he's going to change it. And I think that's a positive to Nick Sirianni. All right. Uh, again, this is probably an unfair question to you, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because how the hell do you know? We None of us really know. Uh, they did play, have X amount of snaps in preseason for special teams work, but that's kind of really a small sample to try and judge on. Is Jack Stoll going to be a good special teams player? Because he's on this roster right now. He might not be active. He might be one of the deactivated guys on Sunday if they go with two tight ends. If they go with three tight ends, Stoll isn't going to get that many snaps, which means he's got to be a pretty good special teams player. I've kind of poked some fun at the, hey, Jay Jaw looked great on special teams this spring. Really? I mean, he, he did a nice job of hiding it from me. I think there are other reasons where he was drafted as to the reason why he's still on his football team. Uh, Stoll going to get any run whatsoever? Is he even going to be active for the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think he'll be active because you want uh, a backup tight end out there. Um, and I say backup because I consider Ertz and Goddard starters. Um, uh, yeah, I think he'll be out there as far as special teams. I mean, it depends what you're talking about. Could he be a good blocker? Yeah. Could he be a, a, a good, good wedge guy as far as, um, you know, blocking on a kickoff return? Yeah. But I don't think anybody's going to notice that stuff unless you get a kickoff return for a touchdown or something of that nature. I mean, he's not going to cover people. He's a tight end. You need speed. You know, the, we were talking about the gunners. I think they're going to be Avante Maddox and Zach McPherson, but we'll see. Um, yeah, you got to have speed. And th those are the guys that get noticed. Even the personal protector, uh, you know, somebody like that is probably going to be Marcus Epps or Elijah Riley if they bring him up from elevate him from the practice squad. Those guys are what you're talking about. You know, every once in, it's you think about the Chris, Chris Maragoses of the world was a safety, obviously. You think about Steve Tasker. You need some speed to be um, – those great special teams players. All right, Jay Mack, I'm going to throw you a couple over-unders for the upcoming season. We're going to make our prediction on the game uh, at the end of the show, uh, Eagles-Falcons, on Sunday. But I need a couple predictions from you here on seasonal over-unders. Devonta Smith receiving yards over-under 912 and a half. And there's a well, very... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do these over unders because you know me, I, everything is dependent on health. So I'm gonna say if guys are healthy for the majority of games, 
that's how I'm going to go about this. Well, I think you have to you have to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, if you if you want to say no, I think the guy's going to get hurt. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's ridiculous to 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 uh, predict injuries. So I'm not going to predict injuries. I'm assuming everybody's going to be healthy, and if Devontae Smith is healthy for the vast majority of 17 games, um, he is going to be over that number. He's going to set the Eagles' rookie record. Uh, for receiving for a couple reasons. One, he's a really good player. Two, um, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the wide receiver one. He's going to be the traffic guy as well. He's going to get the most opportunities. So I'm going, I'm going, I'm going over on Devontae Smith. While I understand and aggress with your, uh, agree with your general stance of you have to look at it from a perspective of assuming he plays all 17 games. It probably actually fits with Devonta Smith more than anyone else into whether you're actually going to do it that way or not. Because a yeah, lot of people, yeah, I I'd say a lot of people, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say there's no way 166 pounds is going to play 17 games in the league. And sure enough, he got hurt in preseason and missed some time. So it kind of justified their stance. He never got hurt at Alabama. Never. Never. Well, I, I'm, I'm in that category, by the way, and and I'm in that category, by the way. I and when I say he's going to play close to seven, I think he's. I don't. I think he's going to miss a game here or there, uh, but I think if he's near 14, 15 games, he's still going to break the record. Um, but you're right. I I am concerned. He got banged up twice in training camp. So I mean, that's a month of of, of football. Uh, I think it's fair to say you're concerned that. Can he hold up to the rigors of the NFL? I think that's a fair point to bring up, uh, but you can't predict he's going to get hurt either. I don't think that's fair. Some people would because they just don't like the fact that he's 166 pounds. All right, Jalen Hurts. We talked about how if last night's opening game was a preview of what the NFL is going to look like, which is not really fair, but but we do it anyway, um, that it's going to be all about the quarterbacks and throwing the ball. 50 times. Brady threw it 50. Dak threw it 58 times last night. Jalen Hurts going to have to throw the ball a lot because that's the way you win in the National Football League these days. Will he throw it enough to get 3,200 passing yards? Uh, no, I don't think. That's a, that's a lot of passing yards. I think the Eagles are going to be a different type of offense, as I said, I think they're going to be very RPO driven. I think Jalen Hurts's uh, overall uh, context and assessment is going to be tied to both aspects, passing and running. Um, so I'm going to go under that, but I think he's going to be effective running the football. So it'll kind of um, – stamp out that negativity if you want to call it negativity all right then, then the next one i will give you is kind of a combo one and maybe look at it differently will jalen hurts account for 30 touchdowns that's combined either throwing and or running if a big part of his game going to be that rpo put it in the stomach or not keep it yourself take off and go 30 touchdowns combined Passing and running for Jalen Hurts. We're doing this on Sports Illustrated, Jody, and I put the over-under at 30. You're really? Yeah, you're a brilliant man. Uh, I put the exact over-under at 30, both passing and 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 running. And I'm, I'm going slightly under, probably about 20, 
21 passing, uh, seven running, somewhere in that range. So it'll be right there, but I'm going a little bit under. But that's exactly where I put the over-under. Very good. Then uh, smart minds think alike on that one. All right. Uh, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball for a second. The Eagles sack leader, and I won't even make you name who you think it is. Guess what? Do you think he's going to lead the team in sacks? I do. I do. Okay. I think he's going to, number one, I think there's two points to this. I think he's finally going to get the opportunity. I think they're going to give him the reps because you need the reps to lead the Yeah, it's possible, but if you're playing 50% of the time, you're, you're probably not going to lead the team in sacks. If you get up to 70%, you're, you, and you're going to have an opportunity. Um, I think he's going to get the reps. And, man, he is just a natural pass rusher. He is just – like, Brandon Graham's a great pass rusher, but he's not a great finisher. So, when you look at the advanced stats and all that kind of stuff and hurries and getting the quarterback off a spot and all that kind of stuff, Brandon always is great. But he's not a finisher because he's 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 not a typical defensive end. He's short. He doesn't have the length. Um, you know, you can't grab guys. Um, Sweat looks like he's you know, if Hollywood was doing a central casting for an edge rusher in the NFL, they're going to give you Josh Sweat. He looks like an edge rusher. He plays like an edge rusher. He's six five. He's got the length, the long arms. I, I think, you know, and our friend Bo Wolf from The Athletic did a story. He, he's been asking guys all summer who, who they think is going to have a breakout season, and Josh Sweat won. Um, he had a great summer. I just He's on a contract year. Everything is trending towards a big year for Josh Sweat. All right. Uh, let me jump back over to the offensive side for one second. Don't know if you had this one on your SI list and – Sorry, I didn't see your SI list, but I'm glad you and I matched up with total of number of touchdowns for uh, Jalen Hurts. Tight end targets. Who gets more balls thrown their way this year? Dallas Goddard or Zach Hurts? You know, we did do this. Um, not the way you framed it, um, but a similar type of thing. And it's just a hunch for me, but I kind of intimated it earlier in the show. Yeah, I think Zach Ertz is going to get more, and I think part of it is, and people, some people are going to take this negatively. I don't think it's negative. He has done a great job politicking the head coach and the quarterback, and I think the head coach loves him. I think the quarterback loves him, and we saw it with Carson Wentz. I mean, if you feel comfortable with a guy. Um, you're going to throw him the football, especially when he produces. So I know the Eagles front office um, wants Dallas Goddard still to be uh, the tight end one. They still sort of formulate their plans with that uh, being the case. I'm not sure Nick Sirianni is going to be on board with that. So that one's just a hunch, but I'm going Zach Ertz. Yeah, uh, I would tend to think it's going to be Zach Ertz as well. And let me give you one more. I had one more, and then we're going to bring our buddy Ed Kurtz up here. Ba, 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 ba. What was the one that – oh, uh, Miles Sanders. You're going to get a 1,000 yards rushing this year. Yes. Um, again, a lot of it 
stems, and this is maybe even, uh, we talked about Devontae Smith being the best uh, sort of stipulation for health versus non-health. I, I actually think Miles Sanders is, because Miles has a history in this league, and his history is gets banged up for a few games. He's not going to play all the games. So that's just the position in general. But I look at 17 games, if he gets close to 17 games, if you play 17, 60 yards gets you over 1,000, it's not that impressive at this stage when you're playing that many games. Uh, plus, I also, I also think Jalen Hurts' um, ability to run the football is going to make it easier on Miles Sanders to run the football. So I think from an effectiveness standpoint, I think having that RPO-style offense is going to help uh, Miles as well. So I don't think he's going to be up in the Derrick Henry range. I don't think he's going to be up in the guys – who are in the conversation to lead the NFL in rushing. But I do think he's going to get over 1,000 yards for the first time. 1,000 is not outrageous. When you're adding another game, and we, we have to continue to remember this, and I'm still getting used to when you're making predictions, because I've done a couple guest spots on other radio shows around the country. At least once I said, like, 9 and 7. You can't be yeah, nine and seven. Yeah. You got to be nine and eight or ten and seven. There is no more nine and seven, idiot. Uh, but we just have to get used to this stuff. And with over unders, we got to get used to seventeen games again. Factor in if a guy's going to be hurt or not. That's your own decision. How you're going to play it. But it is seventeen games, so we can see uh, in some places record-setting performances. And asking a guy to rush for a thousand yards. Is not should not be that difficult no. in a 17 game season. Uh, the question is, will he get enough chances? If he's averaging uh, five per carry, which is damn good, then you only have to give it to him 200 times. Will he actually get the ball 200 times this year? That I don't know. All right, uh, coming up next, our buddy Ed Kurtz, uh, Kratz is going to join us. He will hop aboard. Uh, good, always good to get special ed up, uh, and we have to have him up before the season gets underway. Uh, McMullen and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, coming right back here on Birds 365. Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. 
Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got your Mac and Mac guys right here with us on the Birds 365. Well, we're from uh, Eddie Pratt. You should join us. Coming up in uh, just about a minute, Falcons and Eagles, 1 o'clock kickoff. John McMullen will be in the house heading down to cover the game in Atlanta. I have never been to that new stadium that they've oh, got in beautiful. Atlanta. Beautiful. How good is it? It's uh, one of the best. I, they had the Super Bowl there. What Rams and uh, Rams and Patriots Super Bowl was there. Uh, it's tremendous. Uh yeah, I mean, all the new stadiums are great. They they one-up each other. I can't wait to see the one in Los Angeles. Obviously, Dallas is outrageous. Minnesota, where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it is top of the line. How about you haven't been to Vegas yet, have you? No, no. Yeah, from what I hear, I talk to enough people, get guests up for my uh, CBS Sports Radio show. Uh, the one in Vegas, it's supposed to be a little little different. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. They, they think it is. They went uh, a little cheap on that thing, I've heard. They want to, and compared to, like the one in Los Angeles, I mean, it's outrageous. They spent so much money on that. Um, one, Stan Kroenke is so rich, uh, he doesn't care. Plus the NFL got involved because they have they just opened their new sort of studios like Disney World type environment there. So and I obviously people have seen Dallas and, and the star uh and what Jerry Jones has done with that stadium. And it's interesting about Jerry Jones. I mean he's got this company. I I forget what it's called. I think it's Ovations something I, I could be wrong. But He's got his tentacles in all these new stadiums running like the concessions and things like that through this company. So when we talk about business Hall of Famers and we talk about Jerry Jones's power, man, people don't realize how powerful he is. But 
Let me can't win on the field. That's all that matters. Did you watch the last episode of Hard Knocks? I did not. Okay. Um, And I think both you and I agreed that it would be good this year because Jerry is one of the best promoters on the face of the planet, not just uh, the group of 32 owners in a National Football League. Any business, any place, anywhere, Jerry Jones is as good a promoter as anybody we know. It was kind of a boring year on Hard Knocks. I think yeah. they just had boring they people. The shark, man. They chopped the shark on Hard Knocks. You know, somebody brought it. We got it. It was good. It was good two years ago with uh, Gruden because yeah. they had Gruden. I thought the Raiders were good. It all comes down to the personalities of the people in it. And Jerry tried. He tried to sell it, but yeah, I just wasn't buying what Jerry was selling. Which you know, somebody brought up, and I wish I could give him credit, but I didn't think of this. All all the team sort of websites, and they have their own shows, their own shows, and they they keep everything for themselves, and they don't want it, they don't want it out there in that type of environment. So it's kind of made it less important, less relevant, and people less willing to do it. And obviously, if if they're doing it in house, they have more control over it to make sure they don't leak out anything they don't want there uh, at all. So I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, but come on. And I know that uh, the whole world is streaming these days. How are we doing this show right now? We're streaming. I don't want to knock streaming, but if you're on DallasCowboys.com and you're on HBO, there's a little bit of a difference here. Well, no, from the league, but I'm, I mean, the, the league is dealing with the teams. The teams don't want any, want any part of HBO. That's my point. And that's why they got to force them to do the show. Right. I'm not looking at it from a league perspective. I'm looking at it from a fan perspective and the ability to get your hands on it. All right. Speaking of fans, we got a fan joining us, or at least we hope so. Uh, is he going to be a fan on the upcoming Eagles season and game one against the Falcons down Man. in Atlanta? Ed uh, Kratz from the Sports. You already Sports. look tired, Ed. You got a long day. <laughs> What's the deal, no. Ed? You got a long day and you got a long weekend, including the Eagles and the Falcons. Yeah, I, I'm hoping I can sleep on the plane on that short flight to Atlanta on Saturday. But yeah, it was an early start. A lot of family stuff going on. Moving my son to New York City today. Uh, I had to pick up the truck early. Set the alarm for 6:30, and Ooh. I was rolling. Oh, that's yeah. why. Then, and you still good you enough up. to jump on. That's yeah. Ed Crass right there. Yeah. Solid <laughs> guy. It means you got up 10 minutes after I did to be ready to do this show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're, again, uh, digressing. Uh, all right, Eddie, um, this upcoming game against the Falcons, are the Eagles ready? It's a question we've been kicking around here on the show since training camp opened and both of you guys were able to go, damn, that was a short practice. We don't have to be here that long. Uh, the Eagles have chosen to prepare for the season the way they have. Are they ready for game one? No, they better be. I mean, you know, it, it's here. Uh, they better be ready. They're going to get – they're, they're going to lose. Um, listen, hey, you know, I, I was just on a show with, with the Falcons uh, beat writer, and he was saying the Falcons didn't do a whole lot either. They didn't practice very long. They didn't play anybody in the preseason. Uh, good returns on Arthur Smith being a positive, uh, approachable, honest coach but works the guys hard. Uh, and that sounds like Nick Sirianni. So, the, you know, these are two teams that look pretty similar right now. Uh, are they either either one going to be ready? Um, I like to think that the Eagles will be. They are healthy. Uh, this Brandon Brooks injury, this knee injury that has kept him limited in practice, I've been told is just kind of a precaution to make sure he's going to play uh, to get him through the week. Um, but other than that, I mean, this 
so-called strategy of short practices and no preseason players uh, has paid off. These guys, here we are week one, and they're relatively healthy. Now, whether they stay that way, we'll see. Uh, and it could take a while to get, get, uh, get this team up to speed as the game goes on. You know, they could come out and start slowly. Or my feeling is, is that, you know, Nick Sirianni has treated these guys like kind of like caged animals. You know, they've been, you know, behind bars and they've been on a short reign during the preseason games. And once that cage door goes up, I think they're going to come out hungry and they're going to attack and they're going to get off to a good start. Oh, all right. Uh, birds versus birds. And uh, the Eagles are going to be the cage bird. That's the angry bird, <laughs> yeah. which ironically is the Falcons. But yeah. too much bird talk. Uh, I, I, I want to talk about the rookie head coaches, Ed. And Nick has made, you know, he's been consistent throughout the summer. He's not going to show anything, as you mentioned. He's going to be very vanilla. Arthur Smith has gone the same route, uh, as you mentioned, in Atlanta. Nick said it was going to be an advantage for him. Is it an advantage? Because we have rookie head coach versus rookie head coach. However, I will say at least you have the veteran quarterback in Atlanta. You know how Matt Ryan's going to play. I mean, we've seen Matt Ryan forever. He's been very good forever. Uh, and they also have Dean Pease as the defensive coordinator. He's been around since um, the beginning of time, it seems, uh, uh, whether it's Baltimore Tennessee, whereas the Eagles have sort of an unknown in JG. So does Philadelphia have a slight advantage from that perspective? Yeah, I, I, you know, listen, they're both unknown. I, I don't know how big of an advantage it will be. And and you look at Arthur Smith and Jonathan Gannon, you know, we've that was a storyline this week. Those two coaches were on the same staff in Tennessee eight years ago. They Arthur Smith said it was like living in a dorm. They were roommates, and it was like dormitory living, which when you look at their ages, they would have been in their late 20s back in their Tennessee yeah. days, so it was a good analogy. Um, but, you know, those two have familiarity. So uh, they played each other when when Gannon was coaching the D-backs in, in the Colts. They played each other twice a year when Arthur Smith was running the Tennessee offense. Um, so there is some familiarity along those lines, uh, you know, how much that will translate. And Dave Ragone as well. Let me jump in. The, the Falcons offensive coordinator uh, went to college and high school with Jonathan Gannett, both. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, a lot of familiarity between these coaching staffs. It's, it's pretty amazing when you think about how things go in different paths and then come together. Yeah. And, and so, you know, everybody knows about Matt Ryan, you know, so there's no, you know, strangeness to the quarterback, whereas the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, you have a, a little bit of a sample size <clears throat> to go on from last year. But, you know, he's not as known as Matt Ryan. You know what you're going to get from Matt Ryan. And listen, you know, Matt Ryan these last few years hasn't been very good. Let's face it. This is a team that's had three straight losing seasons whatever the reason is, but you know, he, you know, he's 36 years old now. He's not going to be very mobile. You know that if you can put pressure on him and he holds on to the football, you can get to Matt Ryan. Um, so, you know, I like that matchup, the Eagles D line against the very uh, young interior of the Atlanta Falcons offensive line. But as far as the unknown goes, I think Jalen Hurts is kind of the unknown. What kind of offense is Nick Sirianni going to put him in? If you're the uh, Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator in Atlanta, you're going to see some re run pass options. Uh, you're going to see Hurts probably keep the ball looking like he's sweeping the edge. And then we've seen this where he'll pull up and try to throw the football. 
So it's, it might look like he's running when he keeps the ball and tucks it and goes around the edge, but then he'll throw it. So, you know, I think that is, is to the Eagles' advantage. It's not knowing how Nick Sirianni is going to operate with Jalen Hurts. Eddie, I want you to make a comparison between two particular players, one on each of these two teams. And physically, they're pretty significant, significantly different. But there's a whole bunch of ties between the two. Devonta Smith and Kyle Pitts. Devonta, advantage, won the Heisman Trophy. Kyle Pitts, advantage. He was drafted first. And a lot of people believe the Eagles, if they had the chance at Kyle Pitts, would have taken Kyle Pitts. They would have just missed out on Kyle Pitts if they had stayed in the position where they drafted. Um, but there was some fun debating leading up to the draft. Which receiver would be able to help the Eagles most? The die has been cast. One's in Atlanta, one's in Philadelphia, and they will be compared for this whole first season and shoot their whole careers, as a matter of fact. But first things first, game number one, Eagles against the Falcons. Who puts up bigger numbers week one, Devonta Smith for the birds or Kyle Pitts for those other birds? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts here. Um, I just think, you know, I, I see you cringing there, Jody, but uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I think that he is going to be fed the ball a lot. I think the Eagles have some other weapons that they might try to use. I, I think they're going to rely a lot on their two tight ends, Goddard and Ertz uh, coming out of the gate here. Um, I'm not sure Devonte Smith is going to get as many targets uh, as, as Kyle Pitts will now, can Smith be efficient with the targets he does get? Maybe, um, you know, maybe he gets 50, 60 yards, but I think Pitts, they're going to line him up all over the place. You know, that's, that's the beauty of what you get from Kyle Pitts is yeah, He's listed as a tight end, but you know, he can go outside and play as a receiver. He can play in the slot. I mean, you can line him up everywhere. And as much as, I say Jalen Hurts is an unknown and an advantage for the Eagles in this game. It's the same with Kyle Pitts. You know, you're dealing with an unknown player. You don't know. I think he played one series in the preseason. So you're dealing with a player here where you don't know where he's going to line up uh, from play to play. And you're going to have to be cognizant of that. And you might have to put a linebacker uh, to try to cover him uh, at least, you know, for the first 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And I'm not sure that's a, a, an advantage to the Eagles. So I think Pitts has a bigger, or, yeah, I think Pitts has a bigger game here than Devontae Smith. When you look at that Atlanta offense as a whole, um, and I kind of focus in on three things. You just talked about one of them and Kyle Pitts, which I think is, you know, such a unique matchup, uh, you know, a unicorn of sorts because he's, He's too big for any cornerback. Um, he's too fast for any linebacker, any safety. But I do, I do look at at Calvin Ridley as well, who to me has turned in to one of the best route runners in this league. I think he was a little bit undervalued because Julio Jones was there for so many years, and Julio's Julio. Uh, I think he's a really good player. So those are the difficult parts to me. And then the positive from the Eagles' perspective is Jalen Mayfield, who's a rookie third-round pick, who they're going to try to start at left guard right in front of Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. When you look at that Atlanta offense as a whole, what are your sort of uh, staples, bullet points to this game? Yeah, Kevin Ridley, you mentioned, yeah, he's a terrific route runner. In fact, Quez Watkins uh, referenced him. They worked out together this summer, and – 
Marquez said he learned a lot about route running from Calvin Ridley. So, yeah, Julio's not there. Calvin Ridley's going to be a big focal point of this offense. Um, the running backs, I think, are a little unrated or underrated, underknown. Uh, but I think you mentioned the Jalen Mayfield, the third-round pick from Michigan. Uh, yeah, he's making his first start. They're going to have to probably give him help, I would think, somewhere along that line because – you know, you're going against either Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave, uh, and then you bring in an experienced guy like a Hassan Ridgeway, perhaps, that, that can go against him. You're going to have another rookie, Milton Williams, who will probably get some snaps on that interior. Um, but that that whole interior offensive line for Atlanta is very young. Matt Hennessy is their center, of course, a Temple uh, product. He'll be making his third start at center. He was a draft. I think he was a third round pick last year. Um, and now you got Mayfield. And then on the other side at guard, you have uh, Chris Lindstrom, who's only in his third year out of Boston College. Now he's very good, but you know, it, it's a young interior. Uh, and that plays right into the strength of the Eagles. Uh, you know, if they can put some pressure, you know, up the middle of the field, in Matt Ryan's face, that's going to cause some problems because then you got around coming around the edge. You have Barnett, Sweat, Graham. I mean, you know, this defensive line should really control the game here uh, against this uh, this Falcons offense. Uh, uh, but, you know, Arthur Smith, he did a great job running that offense in Tennessee. He knows how to motion people to get get your uh, defense to reveal some tells pre-snap or he gets guys in position through that motion that creates a mismatch. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles handle that pre-snap stuff that you're going to see from Arthur Smith. All right. Uh, again, I'm back to Kyle Pitts, and maybe I'm uh, overestimating <laughs> what I think this guy can do uh, week number one. I think both young stud rookie standouts are going to have big games on, on Sunday, as a matter of fact. But yeah. who are the Eagles going to use to cover him? Will it change to as to whether – I don't think he's ever going to be – or I shouldn't say ever, but very infrequently – in line on his tight end position, he's going to be split out in some way, shape, or form. Is it going to be safeties? They're not really going to try and use a linebacker often to cover him, are they? Uh, you do every once in a while just to keep the offensive guessing, and that's uh, part of the fun of it, the guessing game between the Falcon OC and the Eagles DC, as friendly as they may be. They're going mano a mano against each other on Sunday. Who gets the Kyle Pitts responsibility? Yeah, well, I, I don't think the Eagles have a linebacker that can cover him. I mean, he's a size mismatch for sure. He's a six-six, you know, two hundred and forty-five pound uh, target out there. I mean, who who matches up? I mean, you could say Avante Maddox. You know, you could pick him up. Uh, but you know, Avante's five foot nine. Yeah. Uh, but you, you really don't have anybody that can match up with him. So you're going to have to find ways to make sure that. You either zone him up and you have guys in the vicinity ready to close down any space that he's trying to find. Um, but as far as one-on-one -on -one goes, good luck. I don't think the Eagles have anybody. And I think you could say that about a lot of teams that the Falcons are going to play this year. Um, and, and, you know, getting back to Smith, Jody, I, you know, listen, I, I say that Pitts could have a big game, but I think this Falcons defense – there's not a lot there. You have Grady Jarrett on the D-line. You have a couple fast linebackers, but I, I don't think it's a very good defense uh, overall. And so I think you're going to see a lot of gambling from Dean Pease. I think you're going to – Dean Pease, I think you're going to see a lot of blitzing, uh, try to disguise some things off the edge to bring pressure. Uh, and, and when you gamble, that opens up 
a big play opportunity, and Smith could be on the other end of that big play opportunity with a 50-plus yard touchdown catch at some point, or Quez Watkins even. Um, but I think the Eagles are going to take some deep shots here, and if they do, like I said, if Smith is efficient with his targets, then maybe he does have more yards than, than Pitts. But just looking at it on the surface, Jody, I, I don't see the Eagles having anybody that can really cover him. So you're gonna, if you're Jonathan Gannon, you're going to have to find ways to scheme up a way to stop him or at least bring enough guys around him where if he catches the ball, you're stopping that play right, right there, making the tackle and not letting him get any yards after catch. Yeah. And you know, we talked to Anthony Harris as we get, as you know, and uh, he said that he said, it's going to take a village to stop a player like uh, Cal Pitts. Essentially, it's going to take more than one person. It's not going to be about one guy. So uh, I do want to shift to that defense you were talking about. You mentioned, the guy, it starts with Grady Jarrett, who's a really good player. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NFL. But that front seven as a whole is not impressive. Deion Jones, as you mentioned, a lot of speed at linebackers, had some injury problems. Our old friend Stephen Means is back. Even Lane Johnson mentioned him because um, he was such a big part of getting Lane up to speed as a practice squad player. But he was a practice squad player. And now they're, they're expecting... Stephen means to be a big time pass rusher. I I do look at that secondary though, and I see some talent. You know, AJ Terrell was a first round pick uh, last year. We know Fabian Moreau from Washington. People might remember him. Teron Harmon from New England, Detroit. Richie Grant's a high level pick. I don't know how much he's going to play. Is that Falcon secondary a little bit better? Than people realize. Yeah, I, I think it's to be determined. I'm I'm not really sold on it. I yeah, I like AJ Terrell a lot. Obviously, a high round pick can play corner, but on the other side, I'm not sure what they have. Fabian Moreau in Washington. I mean, we saw him. I wasn't really that big of a you know. I didn't think he was any great shakes to be honest with you as a safety. Um, and Deron Harmon knows what it takes to win. He played in Bill Belichick's system. Probably won Super Bowls, I would guess, but. Um, he's got a little age on it's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, he's got a little age on him, I guess. And so, but I'm just not sold on that secondary, to be honest. Um, you know, but again, Jalen hurts is going to have to find guys open. I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts and you say, okay, who's going to cover him. But then you look at the Eagles tight ends, like who's going to cover Goddard and Ertz? Should they both go out in patterns? I mean, you mentioned the two linebackers, Jones and the, uh, someone whose name I can't pronounce, but, um, as linebackers, uh, they, they're speedy, but can they cover? I mean, Jones is a pretty short linebacker. Uh, you know, I think that's mismatch all day long for the Eagles with their tight ends against, uh, you know, whatever the Falcons have in, in that second. Uh, and by the way, Ed, I just looked it up real quick. He's got three. So you're right. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's got three. All right. All right. Since uh, you went to tight end, I'm going to follow it tight end with you, Mr. Kratz. I asked this question of uh, my partner here uh, last hour, so now I put it to you. If I had asked you after Nick Sirianni was hired, had his early press conference uh, before the draft ever took place, who is going to have more targets for this upcoming season, Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard? Mm. You probably would have laughed at me and said, Zach Ertz is going to be a zero. He's not going to be here, Jody. Why are you asking such a stupid question? They're committing. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to sign Goddard to a contract extension. They're going to try and throw him the ball 100 times this upcoming year. Why do you ask me such a dumb question? Well, asking the question today is very legit, 
because it could go either way. Who's going to get more targets this year, Goddard or Ertz? Yeah, if you'd asked me that a few months ago, I would have said, well, does the team that Ertz is playing for, whoever yeah. that is, count in that <laughs> equation? But he's here, and I think the Eagles are going to use him. I really do. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think Nick Sirianni has really fallen in love with Zach Ertz as the summer has gone along here uh, to the point where, yeah, they're going to use him. But then he said in the presser, a, a press conference earlier in the week that they're going to try like heck to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. Uh, so listen, I think both guys are going to be targeted, but if you ask me who's going to have more targets for the whole season, I would say Zach Ertz right now. And that's crazy to say that. Three for three. I said Ertz, John said Ertz, you said Ertz, and nobody would have said Ertz. Even a month ago, nobody would have said Ertz. No, sir. He's done a great job politicking. I noticed the other day stretches during stretching right next to Jalen Hurts. Zach Hurts is a smart, smart, smart man. And he the head the coach loves thing. him. Yeah, he did the same thing with Carson Wentz. If you remember yeah. when Wentz came to town, he was always – he was riding, you know, like they were Siamese twins or something, joined yep. at the hip. I mean, he was right there in Carson Wentz's pocket. So, yeah, uh, Hurts is a smart guy. And he, and he got 116 catches out of – you know, one season yeah, uh, with yeah. that relationship. So, uh, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's not – he went to Stanford for crying out loud. Yep. Of course he's a smart guy. Yeah. Um, how much of Thursday night football opener did you see? And um, you're, you're shaking your head, so I assume you, you saw quite a bit. I did. So my question is, can the Eagles win a game like that? Can no. the Eagles win a shootout <laughs> with all those weapons, with those quarterbacks going up and down the field? Are they equipped to be in a game like that? You know, it's funny because I was asking myself the same question when I was watching that is could the Eagles put up points uh, to keep pace with the Cowboys? Because let's face it, Dallas's offense is really, really good. Um, you know, and Michael Gallup, I don't think even played after the first half and he was yeah, off he got to hurt. a really good yeah. start. So, you know, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, who looks like he's in good shape, was running really hard, hitting the hole quickly. Um, that That's going to be a handful. And you look at last year, the Eagles were one of two teams that didn't score 30 points in a single game. Them and the J-E-T-S, Jody Mack Jets, <laughs> were the other. So, you know, I hate to <laughs> hate to ruin your morning there, Jody. But Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you wonder if, okay – are Smith and Rager, are they going to be able to develop to that point where, yeah, they can fly up and down the field? Listen, I was encouraged by the Eagles' ability to throw the deep pass in practices that we saw. I thought uh, Jalen Hurts throws a nice deep ball. Uh, but if you start taking that away, can he do enough underneath to keep the chains moving? And we don't know at this point, but we're going to find out awfully quick because they play in Dallas in week three on Monday night football. So, uh, look, the Cowboys looked awfully good, but their defense, I mean, let's let's be honest here. They're, I know they were going against Tom Brady, and Brady's weapons are unbelievable with Godwin. I mean, uh, Mike Evans only had three catches for, you know, for good. Yeah, Antonio Brown's back. That, Antonio everybody, Brown, I mean, yeah. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, to me, Tampa looks like they're going to win it all again, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, the Cowboys' defense did not look good, but it was against a very, very good offense in the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, but still, that cornerback spot, uh, Mark Anthony or whatever, uh, the other guy opposite Diggs, um, does not look good. I mean, it looks like he could exploit him. 
Um, but but we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I, right now at this point, we'll see how they do Sunday. But in week three, we're going to know because they go to Dallas. And let's just know, much like the Eagles and the Jets from last year, inability to score 30 points, the Cowboys did not score 30 points either last night. They may have thrown for 400 yards, but they did not score 30 points. They only scored 29. All right. Uh, Greg Zerline's fault, by the way. Yeah, Greg it, Zerline's fault. Mm. But the one he needed to make, he drilled he right did. down the middle. The yeah. the ones previously that had him in uh, a trailing position, yeah, he could have made a little bit. Um, all right. I need you on the record here, Mr. Kratz. Number one, the score of Sunday's game against Atlanta. And number two, how the Eagles record will look at the end of 17 games this year. All right. I'll start with the first one there. I think the Eagles win this game, Jody. I like their weapons. I like I actually think they have a better roster at this point than the Falcons. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a proven commodity. Not sure that's a good thing or bad thing in week one because you know what Matt Ryan is. You have a body of work that you can look at. Now, it wasn't in an Arthur Smith offense, uh, but I just think the Eagles are better top to bottom. I think some of these matchups, um, key matchups, favor them. Uh, And I thought it would be a low-scoring game, but like I mentioned, I was on a show in Atlanta earlier, and they think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The Falcons are going to win, but I – I, I don't know about that. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game because I think both these teams not having played a lot of guys in the preseason might take a little bit of time to get warmed up. Uh, and, and so I'm thinking more like a 23 to 20 victory from the Eagles here uh, as they continue to try to find a way to score more than 30 points in a game. But uh, I don't think they're going to need to do that in this game. And I just like the matchups, especially the D line against the Falcons O line. Uh, and I like the Eagles' tight ends uh, against whatever secondary is out there for the Falcons or the linebacking crew. Uh, and I like the running game. I think the Eagles are going to be able to run the football in this game. And whether or not Sirianni commits to it, we'll see. We didn't see a whole lot of runs in the Dallas Bucks game, which no. I was surprised about. Um, it was just one pass after another. When you can uh, throw it like that, why bother? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I get. But listen, you, when you run the ball, you take some time off the clock, and you're going against Tom Brady in that offense. I would think if you're Dallas, you'd want to run the ball a little bit more to try to control some clock uh, and shorten the game. But I think the Eagles will be able to run the ball, and I like the Eagles to win this game, 23-20. As far as the season goes, I'm going to go with a nine and eight record. I broke it down on my Ooh. on the uh, EagleMaven.com website. Uh, I think they find a way to win nine games. I think. To break it down even further, I think they're three and three after six games. I think they find a win this weekend. I think they win against the Panthers. And I think they go to Dallas and surprise the Cowboys. But after watching last night when I made this pick, I'm like, well, I might have to rethink hey, that. You, you, you uh, want to skim back to eight and nine here? Yeah. Mr. Kratz, <laughs> instead of the nine and the nope, eight. Nope, well, nope, 500. Nope. I'm going to nope. sneak one in before you got to go to New York, Ed. Last one from me. Nine and eight. It's about wins and losses in this league. Does that mean Jalen Hurts is a starter in 2022? Well, I guess it depends what that nine and eight looks like. Uh, you know, it does Hurts throw, you know, listen, ball security is going to be big for Jalen Hurts. I think consistency and accuracy is going to be big. I mean, what are those numbers going to look like at the end of the year? Will he even make it to the end of the year? I think he does. 
as far as, you know, consistency and all that other stuff goes. I think he'll play all 17. I think he'll stay healthy. I think we have a quarterback that's not as brittle as, as Carson Wentz that we're watching here. Uh, so I think he plays all 17. And then what are those numbers going to look like? Yeah, it's nine wins. But how did they get to those nine wins? What did the rest of the team do around him before you can make that de- determination? Eddie Kratz, we always appreciate it. Whenever you come on, you know how much we're going to use you during the year. Good luck in New York City, getting the, the sun in there today uh, and having a good flight with our buddy, the Mac man here, getting down to Atlanta. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Ed Kratz here with us on Birds 365. All right, he got on the record. Eagles win. Eagles win nine games. You get Johnny Mack's prediction and my prediction as we put on the bow on the show here on Birds 365. Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
We are the Magamac Bird 365 guys. We're getting that much closer to our first official Eagle game. When we return here on Monday, we'll be talking about game number one. Will the Eagles be 1-0 or will they be 0-1? That's where we're going to venture out onto that prognosticating limb for game number one. And we will confirm our overall seasonal predictions here before we wrap up today's episode. Mr. McMillan, uh, Mc, uh, McMillan, I give you opening honors. First uh, on the game, uh, we'll go game first, and then we'll go season. You get first honor on the game. The Eagles going to find a way to win Atlanta and start the season 1-0, or are there questions aplenty after Nick Sirianni's debut? I don't think there's necessarily questions. To me, it's about the spot. I don't like the spot, and I kind of said it uh, earlier in the week on the show. First game back after the pandemic season, first game back in, in that kind of environment. Uh, Atlanta's not known as the greatest sports city, but I think people will be fired up more than they typically would be. Um, I talk about, I agree with my buddy Ed Cratch. I think the Eagles have the better football team, but I always say when you, when you play a bad football team, you don't want to play them early in the season. They don't realize they're bad yet. I don't like the spot. I think the Eagles are going to lose the game. I think it's going to be 24-19-ish. Um, if we're in Philadelphia, I'd say the Eagles pretty handily, to be honest. Uh, but it's not. It's in Atlanta. Uh, it's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Overall, though, I think the Eagles are going to be better than people expect. I'm not wavering. I was going to go 9-8. and eight. I was going to flip. And I said, they're not going to win this game. So they're going to win... A couple games you don't expect them to win. Uh, they're going to lose a game like this that you might expect them to win. But overall, I'm going to end up where I started, Jody, eight and nine. All right. Number one, not surprising here. I disagree with you uh, on <laughs> your evaluation of this game, number one. Atlanta is one of the weaker home advantage stadiums in the NFL. I, I said that. I said right. Well, then what don't typically. you like about the spot? The, what, the way you described it, well, this spot, being on the road in Atlanta, the fans, I don't think the fans give the Falcons a big advantage. I don't I, think this is a bad spot at all. you got to play uh, nine road games this year if you're an NFC team. This is not a bad place to be traveling to get one of those nine games. Well, it, could be it could be much worse. It could be Tampa Bay. It could be against a good team. I'm saying you have a, a typically less passionate city that will be more passionate because they've been pent up. They haven't been able to watch football live in okay. so long. The post-pandemic part of it is, is the part I think you missed. That is the part of the spot I don't like. And then the part of the, the bad football teams. I never like to play a bad football team. I say this all the time, early in the season, because everybody's got good players. We just mentioned some of them with Atlanta. They do have Kyle Pitts. They do have Calvin Ridley. They do have Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, players like that. Everybody's got good football players. Everybody can beat anybody in the NFL. We all know that. Early in the season, you don't have that human nature of being 3-11 and 11 later in the season when you know you stink. Um, I don't, that's what I'm talking about when I say the spot, I don't like the spot for the Eagles against this team. No, the, the problem is the spot could be the Philadelphia Eagles 
that uh, the Eagles could be the team that don't know how good or bad they are and just come out pumped up and psyched because they play game number one. Um, I wrote this down before the show started, and I do want to show it to our uh, listeners. Can you see the upper right-hand corner there? 23-22, I believe it says. The, Eagles? Eight twenty-two. No, that's just a bad-looking zero. All right, 23-20 Eagles. 23-20 Eagles. What was Ed Kratz pick for the game? What was that? He was in that same range. 23-20 Eagles. He gave the exact same score that I was ready to pick before we started the show today. So, Kratz, you're a genius. I am going 100% not only with the outcome, but with the exact same score that Ed Kratz did, which if you're of the wagering type, that means you're certainly taking Eagles because they're getting three and a half points. Um, and the under over is at 48. And I think it's slightly under at a 23, 20 score. So yes, I think the Eagles going to win game one. Yeah. The Falcons don't know yet that they're not going to be that great a team. They'll find that out over the upcoming weeks as John pointed out uh, more so than here in game number one, but they're not that great a team. You're right. Every team in the NFL has some really good players. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles have some really good players yeah. too. Some teams have a larger number of them, like Tampa last night, proving what they did coming from behind winning. Um, I think Eagles can win this game. I do. I think the two uh, first-time starter coaches kind of play off each other. I don't know that there's an advantage there one way or the other. I don't think we're coming out going, damn, that Arthur Smith was a great hire, or damn, what the hell would the Eagles thinking about Nick Sirianni, or vice versa. I don't think it's going to be a major factor in this game. I think a late field goal by our buddy, Mr. Beat Everybody at Everything, Jake Elliott, is the difference maker, I think, much like last night's game. And it's had, last night had its downsides, too many penalties, a uh, couple too many turnovers, but in the end, it ended up being a tremendously exciting game. Oh, I think the Eagles and the Falcons are going to be the same thing. I think it's going to be 2020 with three minutes left to play, and the Eagles will do just enough to get uh, Mr. Elliott in a field goal position. And that will be a great situation for Jalen Hurts because he'll be leading the team down the field to victory. So that would be a very positive start for the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope you're right, Jody. I think I'm going to be right. That's exactly how I see it. Uh, Hurts, not, not sticking in the end zone, which would be the best of all worlds, but getting them in position for a game-winning. Jake, Jake Elliott will win. make that kick if it comes down to that. I will Except say that. Except if it's 33 yards. We'd prefer to have it from like 49 uh, because he's better from distance and he is that mid-range PAT distance. Uh, and I think it'll be 40-plus if you're getting really – technical and into the weeds on this one all right and oh by the way yes you and i have been saying eight nine apiece throughout if i had to move you said you were contemplating moving up to nine and eight i was mm -hmm. not if i was gonna move off eight nine i would have come back to seven and ten more than gone up to eight nine but just like you i'm gonna stand my ground and say the eagles will be an eight nine team and finish yeah, the reason one game. why the reason why I was thinking about bumping up was because I was going back and forth. I said if they beat the Falcons, I'm going to get them to nine, but I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I got them at eight, even with an opening game victory against the Falcons. All right, uh, where where are the people going to be able to catch you on the Jacob Media 
channel this weekend? How many times uh, before you uh, get on a plane to go to Atlanta? 24-7 tonight after practice at some point will be up. And uh, then uh, then I'll be in Atlanta and we'll be doing game time stuff and post-game stuff. The post-game show with Mark Barzetta and Lane Johnson, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, and I'm involved too. I'll be uh, watching for you this weekend and then uh, be ready for you to come back on Monday. Uh, thanks to all our people who stuck with us throughout the entire lead up to the Eagle season. We've been doing this Birds 365 thing for a couple months now. It all comes to fruition. It all on comes to fruition. Sunday. And by the and way, Jeff Carr will be here Monday. I'll still be in Atlanta, but I'll be back bright and a bushy tailed Tuesday. Okay, but you will be checking in. I was going to say, we are going to have you as a guest on Monday, right? Gene, you're there at the game, and you are Mr. Birds 365. You will be here at the top of the show on Monday. Yes, yes. Good, because I got to make fun of you, because let it be known, let it be remembered. It is here having been recorded forever. Jody McDonald picked the Eagles to win game one. John McMullen picked the Eagles to lose. Yeah, well, I'm never gonna, you know, no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just try to hype up the fan base. That's what the hype video is for. And the hype video was great this year. I'm not a hype master, but I do think the Eagles are gonna win game number one. We shall see. John and I will be back on Monday. Jeff Kerr in for John. He'll be my co-host, but McMullen will be here right from the top of the show. Uh, enjoy your entire weekend of football, everybody. Uh, go birds. Hopefully that's the case. We're talking about a win on Monday. We shall see. Thanks for watching here on birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member for $90 more. I can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more. You'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach sweat platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.